Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Open the eyes of our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated and good morning. Now, it might be something else that we're dealing with individually. 
Maybe it's not that we're struggling with forgiveness of someone, but maybe it's something else that we really have to believe that this is God's way of loving, of being compassionate, of being merciful, of being generous, of trusting in God's plan for our life, that there is something beyond this life. It's not that kind of that Schlitz commercial, you only go around once, so grab all the best <laughs> you can. Yeah, that's, that's the world's way, but that's not God's way. But sometimes we might fear for our future. But we know that we should follow God's way. And so in those moments we say, Lord, increase my faith. Help me believe more deeply in your way that I might be able to be the person that I know I can be. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Sounds good, okay? So then he tells them in this plea, and we might be playing, Lord, help me with this. And he says, you know, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you wouldn't have a problem with this. And going, well, are you saying in that that I have no faith? Because it sounds like you're saying I have no faith at all. And you know, that's not true. All of us have faith. All of us do. But he wants us to think about our faith, our belief, our trust. In his way. <clears throat> so think about that. So what do we know about a mustard seed? It's small, okay? It's small. <laughs> remember the old, some of you remember this, the real cream? Remember that? When we used to say, like for your hair, what, what was the commercial? What was the ad for? <laughs> Little dab will do you, okay? Some of us don't need a dab anymore. <laughs> a little dab didn't do us for long. Yeah, a little dab. Yeah. A mustard seed, smallest of all the seeds. Okay? But remember what it grows into? The largest tree in the garden, providing shelter for all the animals. Meaning that it can start out really small, but if you have that one seed, you've got the potential for a giant tree that provides grace and comfort and support, shelter and blessing to all kinds of other people. And all of us have at least a mustard seed of faith. All of us have that. And that seed in itself has potential. It has potential. He's looking at it and saying, you got the potential to do this. You really do. It's in you. I know it's in you. I know who you are. I know that you have at least this much. Don't you? But what do you have to do with a, with a seed? Those are gardeners, right? We know that we've kept seeds for a while, and you might have some seeds, or you might have heard of, like, they discovered some seeds that were hundreds or thousands of years old, and you can still germinate them. They're still good. But they're dormant. What do you have to do for them? Plant them. Okay? Right. Some soil, some water, some sun, a little tending to. The thing starts to sprout. You keep the bugs away. You nurture it. You prune it. Pruning sometimes hurts, right? Spiritually, pruning hurts. But it produces a, a, a stronger faith, a stronger mustard tree. Right? So in the same way that you think about, you know, that, that seed has potential, but it needs some help. We have that faith. But it needs tending to. It needs some nurturing. And sometimes God comes along as the owner of the vineyard and prunes something from us to help that faith, that belief, that trust grow into something that's stronger than it would otherwise. you got to tend to it. 
Then that weird thing he says about, you know, you worthless slaves just go and do what you're supposed to do. Well, think about that, what he's saying, because there's grace in that too. Nike. We got the little dabble, do you? What does Nike tell us? Just do it. Okay, just do it. You got some faith? You're supposed to apply it? What do I expect from you? Just do it. You got a little bit of faith? Good, we'll work with that. Apply it. The only way that you really learn to trust is by trying and finding out that God is true. If you stay hidden in a closet, you'll never experience that. But you're not supposed to do that. He is talking in this text. It doesn't say disciples or followers. It says apostles. That means sent ones. You're not hiding at home, but you're out there in the world. You're actually going out and doing things. The only way you learn the ability to forgive is to forgive. The way you learn to be compassionate is to practice compassion. You learn to be merciful by being merciful. You got to exercise it. You got to actually do it. Just like you have to nurture that seed and provide it with some support, your faith is like that small seed, and you got to plant it, you got to fertilize it, you got to water it, you got to put some of the, the light of God upon it, <coughs> you got to nurture it, you got to let God help you with that, and it grows through exercising, through nurturing. There was a, a young man. Um, he was a bright young guy. Went to work for um, a small business. The owner of the business who hired him and, and thought that he had great potential and saw him perhaps as somebody who was going to be his successor one day when he retired in this, in this small firm. And he wanted to get to know who this young man was, so he invited the young man to come and spend the weekend with him at his home. Kind of an awkward thing, right? Really get to know somebody when they're in an awkward place, like, come to my house and let me check you out. So he went to the, uh, he went to the owner's house, and this guy had, had done really, really well with life and had a huge house. Just a huge spread on this beautiful piece of property and, and a huge garage with multiple bays and and the guy started showing him around. He was a great host, by the way. A great host. He had lots of wealth, but, but, he, but he wasn't flashy and kind of showy and, and bo you know, boastful about it. Just kind of, you know, yeah, this is, this is how God has blessed me. Let me show you around. And he showed him his car collection, and the young guy was going, he has cars that cost more than my entire house. He's done really, really well. And he was grateful. You know, they had a great... Great time, and, and um, he invited him out for, the, the owner invited him out for dinner. Make sure he knows which fork to use. And this guy had never seen this stuff before. This is, a, this is one of those really expensive restaurants where you probably would never spend the money yourself, but if somebody were going to invite you, you might say, boy, this is my one chance to eat at that place. I'll never do it myself. In fact, if I ever went there, really what I'm concerned about now is that whole thing about there are too many forks and knives. All I need is a spork. And I'm good. I'll wait for everybody else to start eating, and I'll see what fork they're using. Okay? You don't want to embarrass yourself. But he noticed as they were walking into this very expensive restaurant, he's walking behind. He's walking behind this, this wealthy man. And he noticed that the guy sees something, and the guy stops. 
And he looks down, and he looks where the guy's looking, and, and, he, and he sees the same thing. Now, there's all kinds of, you know, like, sidewalk garbage, and there are cigarette butts and weeds and, you know, whatever else down there. And, and he reaches down, and he, and he picks up this thing. It's a penny. And, and that very wealthy man stood there holding that penny and just kind of was, was silent for, for a moment or two. And then with that, he put the penny in his pocket and he, he walks into the restaurant and, and they have this absolutely wonderful meal. And that young man was thinking, well, that's kind of really strange. There are pennies all over the place. If you need some pennies, go to a car wash. People just throw them out their windows, right? Probably find some all over the parking lot at Ingalls. People just throw them away. It's only a penny. And he thought, you know, this guy is so wealthy. Really? He bothered with a penny? And so he was curious about that, but didn't know how to raise the subject was about what's the deal with the penny. And, and so he said, you know, I'm, I'm wondering about something. Um, you picked up a penny. And I know sometimes people collect pennies. Is that a particularly valuable penny you found? Because you kept it. And he pulled the penny out of his pocket and, and handed it to the young man and said, well, well, take a look at it. Look at what's written on it. And so he kind of rubs some of the grime off it and wipes it on the nice linen tablecloth because that's what you get to do in a nice place. <laughs> and he says, yeah, okay, I see kind of in this dim candlelight it says, United States of America. He says, yeah, it does say that. Well, keep reading. What else does it say? Well, it says one cent. Yeah, keep reading. Well, flip it over. What's on the other side? And he looks at it and he goes, In God we trust. In God we trust. You know, that's on all of our money. All of our money has that same thing on it. Because, you know, I've, I've done really well in life, I've got security. All the financial security you want. I've got power. I've got community standing. I've got all kinds of things that I can put my trust in. And I often find I forget about God. But God is merciful and full of grace. And God leaves these reminders laying around. <laughs> and every time I see one of these, I pick that thing up and I go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Because I forget often. But God sends out a lot of reminders. And so every time I find one of these, I ask, where is my trust? Where is my trust? Where have I placed my trust, and who do I need to trust in? And you think about that. And maybe now when you find pennies, at the car wash, at Ingalls, at... Walmart, wherever it is, in, in your ashtray and pockets, under couches and all that. Maybe, maybe that for us now will be, oh, increase my faith. Thank you for this penny. Thank you for this dime that's on that too. Thank you for whatever it is you found. It's, it's a moment for you to stop and to do that growing in faith by remembering the one who is worthy of our trust. Worthy of our trust. Now imagine this. Imagine that, say, each of us as individuals, 
have those grace-filled moments daily, seven times a day, to stop and to ask, where is my trust? In who do I trust? In whose way do I trust? And we're given an opportunity to exercise that trust. Imagine that. Imagine how that might change Keith or David or Ella, Doug, right? Kind of think about that. How would that change your life if you have this repeated chance to calibrate your trust, to recalibrate, to check in with God on that, and to ask for God's blessing for you to trust even more? You think it might change you? Think that might work? Okay. Good? Okay. Now imagine this. Let's say, let's say all the people at Good Shepherd did that. We all did. Think it might change this community? You think we as a, as, a, as a faith community might be more trusting and more living into being the people of God? Think it might change us? Yeah, I think, I think it would. Okay. I know it would. Okay. I know it would. Let's say we did that, right? And it, and it changed this community. Well, how about if every church in Clay County did that? Do you think it changed anything about Clay County? If all the people who claimed that they were children of God would practice forgiveness and mercy and love and compassion, do you think it changed anything in this community? Oh, you know it would. You know it would. Now, there are millions of Christians around the world. What do you think would happen if everybody around the world was doing this? Did you change the world? You think you might see anything amazing? Something more amazing than a mulberry tree being uprooted and planted in the sea. Maybe. Amen. Amen. Amen.